We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. Just keep them open. We're going to be in several scriptures this morning that actually are not on your outline. Does that surprise you? Probably not. I'm starting a new series this morning entitled The Art of War. And today we're talking about the strategies of Satan. But before we get into the meat of the message, I want to tell you how we resist him, how we fight him, how we overcome him. You see, we understand the things we're seeing around us are the direct result of the work of Satan. And we have to understand as believers, we really do have the answer. Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 to the church at Corinth who had had an issue a matter of discipline, and then he was telling them they should restore that brother they had disciplined. They should forgive that brother they had disciplined. Then verse 11, we find him writing this little nugget. Don't you love it when God slips nuggets in the Scripture? And they jump out of the page and we say, wow, in that story, that is just for me. So this is what he said to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. He said, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I think it's imperative that you and I as believers understand our enemy. We know his character, his strategy, and his tactics, because when we do that, we position ourselves for victory in every area of our lives. George Patton was a great general in World War II. He first operated in North Africa with the 7th Army, facing Rommel's German Panzer Division. And one great battle that really turned the tide in North Africa happened, and Patton was able to defeat the trap that Rommel set for his his armor, his tanks. And as he saw the battle turning that day, he stood up in his staff car and he said, Rommel, I read your book. I read your book. In other words, he understood the tactics of the enemy. He was able to overcome them because of the wisdom he had received about how the enemy works. Patton's forces didn't fall for the trap. They were victorious that day. They went on then to Patton for to lead the third army. They went in three days after D-Day in Normandy and went all the way into Germany. Yvonne's dad was a part of that third army under General Patton. He was one of the great generals of World War II. A few years back, well, a lot of years back, to be honest, I read the book, The Art of War, by Sun Tzu, one of the great Chinese generals, written over 3,000 years ago. And he talks about military tactics, and many of these things are still addressed and studied today. But he made one statement over and over. The statement is in your outline. If you're ignorant both of your enemy and yourself, you're certain to be in peril. So Paul says we shouldn't be ignorant of Satan's devices. General Sue said if you're ignorant of yourself and your enemy, you're certain to be in peril. So the point of this series is to help us understand how the enemy works, but more importantly, how we overcome him. You see, I don't want to do this from a position of defeat. I want to preach this series from a position of victory. I want you and I to understand, it doesn't matter what we face, the greater one is in us. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I want us to understand, we're not just conquerors, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. 
I don't want us to look at Satan as the enemy and become afraid or baffled or cower back, but I want us to understand that Jesus Christ has already conquered him, defeated him. Oh, I, re- I remember that old song that said, I read the back of the book and we win. Folks, I read the back of the book, and the back of the book says Jesus Christ is supreme. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that He is Lord. Oh, come on this morning. Get it in your spirit. I'm not here to glorify the enemy. I'm here to glorify God. And when I glorify God, Satan is defeated. So that's, that's the perspective we want to assume in this passage of Scripture today. Patton told Rommel, I read your book. Well, Satan hadn't written any books, but God wrote a book. And the book that God gives us outlines, it exploits, it reveals the tactics of the enemy. So through this series, we're going to go through the book, the Bible, and see what God has to say about how we overcome the enemy. Like many of you here this morning, many of you watching online, I'm concerned about the things that are going on in our world, the events that are transpiring. It's heartbreaking to hear of the tragedy that happened in Parkland just a week and a half ago. And these things are not isolated. They're happening around the world on a wide-scale basis. We understand that things are falling apart before our very eyes. Institutions upon which we have depended for ages are crumbling. And everyone is looking for answers. Why is our culture spinning out of control? Why are our societies becoming so violent? Why is suicide so prevalent? Not just among teens, as Christian pointed out. Why do we have so many suicides among our veterans and other portions of our population? We're all looking for answers. It seems like culture is rolling downhill like a snowball faster and faster and faster, right into the pits and the gates of destruction. So I believe the underlying answer, why this is happening, may not be something, but is someone. And that someone is the enemy of your soul. His name is Satan. Matter of fact, in your outline, I gave you a whole list of his names. We're not going to deal with that this morning. That's for you to take home and study. You didn't know you came to church to get homework, did you? Well, you got homework today. I want you to understand your enemy and understand his plans for your life. There's a lot of perspectives, a lot of attitudes towards Satan today. Those who don't even believe he exists to those who see him behind every bush. So what we want to do in this series is bring balance and godly counsel and the word of God so you and I understand through the wisdom and the power of God, Satan is a defeated foe. He's already vanquished. He's already conquered. And in doing that, we learn tactics to defeat him, to resist him, to overcome him, so that we don't give him a foothold in our life. That's what Paul said in Ephesians 4.27. Give no place to the devil. Another translation says, don't make room for him. Another translation says, give no foothold to the devil. So we understand we guard our lives, we shield our lives with the Word of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit, so that when the enemy comes in, there's no room for him in our lives. Amen? 
I love the way Isaiah wrote it years ago. He said, when the enemy comes in and put a comma right there, that comma's not in the King James, but it's in the original language. When the enemy comes in, comma, then like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against him. Oh, come on, church. It's time to know we fight from a position of victory. We fight from a position of victory, and we see God bring the victory Again and again. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. Paul goes on to address this issue of warfare in our lives. And he says it this way in these passages of Scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. He says these things, For the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Do you understand that many times Satan will use arguments, repetitions, worldly logic to try to undermine your faith and destroy your confidence in God? But the Apostle Paul says, we have power through Jesus Christ to pull down arguments, vain imaginations, everything that does not identify and exalt Jesus and let God rule and reign in our lives. We need to get that in our hearts and grasp that in our spirits. Colossians chapter 2, he continues the thought. In verses 13 through 15 of Colossians chapter 2, Paul wrote it this way. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. I want you to see verse 14, and I'm going to read it from the message in just a second. That's what's on the street. Having wiped out the handwriting requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Look at verse 15 from the message. It says, he stripped all spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. That's what Jesus did. That's what the cross accomplished. He stripped all spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. Oh, somebody ought to shout amen. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody ought to say, I'm on the winning side. If God before me, who can be against me? Oh, come on. The word is testifying. Jesus did it. He stripped every spiritual tyrant of their sham authority at the cross and paraded them naked through the streets. I love that picture. Get that word image in your mind. And then you can go to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. And Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Two things I want you to see from this verse. Number one, if you read this in Hebrew, you won't find the word Lord translated Jehovah. Jehovah means the essence of God, the person of God, the presence of God. But you'll find the word is actually Adonai. And when you see the word Adonai in the Old Testament, it's not referring to the essence of God. It's referring to the dominion of God, the authority of God, the power of God. Oh, somebody get this. He said, I saw the authority of God, the power of God, the dominion of God, high and lifted up. That did more for me than it did for y'all. Sometimes that's just the way it works. 
Sometimes God speaks to me and it's just for me, but in three days, some of you are going to get that. You see, we focus on the Lord Jehovah, but there are days we need to focus on the Lord Adonai. We need to understand He is a God of dominion. He is a God of authority. He is a God of power. There is no force that can stand against Him. His name is Adonai. That's a little better. I just didn't explain it right the first time, did I? So he says, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Now you need to understand that in ancient times, when kings conquered other kingdoms and other kings, they would take and cut a portion of that king's robe and tie it to their train. And the longer the train, the more powerful, the more victorious, the more authoritative, the greater the dominion that king had. Oh, hear what Isaiah said. He said, I saw the Lord. I saw Adonai. He was high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Oh, come on, folks. I'm here to tell you, it goes from there to there and beyond, because every enemy is defeated. Every foe is vanquished. Adonai rules and reigns. Oh, get that in your spirit today. I didn't come to uplift the enemy. I came to uplift Jesus Christ. I came to tell you, his name is Adonai. He is a God of dominion and power and authority. Sometimes I think we forget that truth as believers. And we begin to think about all the things we face, all the pressures that are against us, all the problems and the trials that we don't understand and we start feeling sorry for ourselves. Oh, I come this morning to refocus your attention off of your problems onto Adonai. I came to focus your attention upon the authority and the dominion of the God of the universe. Do you recognize He is the same God who spoke the worlds into existence? He is the same God that parted the waters and made land. He is the same God that separated darkness and light and made night and day. Oh, come on, folks. If He can do that, He can do anything for you. His name is Adonai, a God of dominion. A God of authority. And when I think about that robe filling the temple, I begin to think about the fact that we are cloaked in his robes of righteousness. We are covered in his robes of righteousness. So when the accuser of the brethren, when no horns on his head, when no slew foot, when that lion dog, the devil, comes against me, I am wrapped in the robes of Jesus Christ. I am walking in the robes of victory. I am walking in the robes of victory. And nothing he defies will stand against. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Because you're this close from giving up. You're this close from saying there's nothing to it. You're this close from saying it's worthless. Faith has no reality. I've come to tell you this morning, when you're in that position, pull the robes of the conqueror around you. Begin to walk in dominion. Begin to walk in authority. Begin to walk in victory. Because when you cover yourself in those robes, you are saying to your enemy, you're already defeated. Your train is on his. He's conquered you. And because I'm wrapped in those robes, the blood of Jesus Christ covers me as well. Oh, come on, it's time to say, Satan, the blood of Jesus, it's against you. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it's against you. 
And then you can turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Romans 7. Paul spends the entire chapter talking about the weakness of his flesh. About the fact he can't do what he wants to do. He's always doing what he doesn't want to do. Pretty much describes us, doesn't it? It's amazing. But then in Romans chapter 8, he switches the tone. And then he makes this great declaration. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Oh, I've come to tell you this morning, the devil tells you you're a failure. He tells you you can't make it. He tells you Christianity is a sham. But Paul said, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Do you understand condemnation is a tool of the enemy? He uses it to attempt to convince you that you're not going to make it. God will never condemn you. The real church of Jesus Christ will never condemn you. Amen or oh me. Listen, if you have to meet these rules and these standards, and if you don't, you're out, that's condemnation. I've come to tell you, the church does not condemn you. Jesus does not condemn you. Will the Holy Spirit convict you when you're not acting and behaving and living rightly? Absolutely. And thank God for it. But He never condemns us. There's no way out of condemnation. But there's a way out of conviction. And it's godly sorrow that brings repentance. Paul said there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And then you can look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, where John saw the Lord. He saw Jesus Christ. And he says, these things in Jesus Christ. Pardon me, verse 18, I believe it is. Yes. He said, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. What does that tell me? It tells me that no matter what the devil throws against us, Jesus already has the answer. You understand the illustration of keys, right? In ancient times, people with authority would have keys strapped to their garments at some place. They had keys representing that authority. Let's go back to Isaiah 6.1. Adonai has dominion over the recesses of hell. Adonai has dominion over Satan and all of his demons. Adonai has dominion and power over every device, every plan Satan could ever conceive. He has the keys of Hades and death. We need to be encouraged by that this morning, church. We need to understand God is able. So right now I want to show you three tactics. Not in your outline. You'll have to write these down. I know. Uh, I decided to put this in and make you work a little this morning. I want you to write these three things down. This is how we combat and overcome the enemy. These are all from Scripture. Look at it first in James chapter 4, verse 7. The Bible says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Do you understand? Submit, resist. Submit, resist. Say it with me. Submit, resist. Submit, resist. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now we need to understand the key to resisting the devil lies in submission to God. It lies in having Adonai have our back. It lies in understanding the God I serve has already defeated old horns on the head. 
The God I serve has already brought me victory. Daniel and Jessica, will you come here for just a second, please? I want to show you something very, very quickly. This is Daniel and Jessica Lopez. They're our student ministries pastors. And Daniel's a student at Florida State in the med school. Jessica just finished with her master's at Florida State. But really at heart, she's a gator. Everybody say boo. Yeah. Wow, there's a few of you in the house. Okay. Mark those folks. They're your enemy, okay? All right. Here we go. So, Daniel, you're a weightlifter, right? You work out. You can bench like 275 pounds, right? Yeah. When he's a big, strong, tough guy. Now, Jessica goes to the gym, too, but she can't quite get 275. You can bench about, what, 125? Look at those muscles. Isn't that something else? Those biceps just pop up there, but they scream, I'm so little. So, let's say this morning that Daniel is Satan, and Jessica is you. In and of her own strength and her own self, there's no way she will ever be able to fight him off. He's bigger, he's stronger, he would win every time in her own strength. But when Jessica says, I'm going to submit to God, I'm going to submit to God, and then I will resist him, then Jesus comes into the picture. (laughs) This Jesus happens to be a weightlifter too. And this Jesus can bench press 450 pounds. So when you add the weight this Jesus can bench and the weight Jessica can bench, it more than doubles what the devil can do. So there is no chance he's ever going to win when Jesus has her back. Come on, folks. Get it in your mind. You will always prevail when you first submit to God, then resist the devil. When you say, my God is able, my God is willing, my God never fails, my God has said, my God declares, his word says to me. Oh, come on. When you're resisting the devil, it means to actually oppose. It means to push back. It means to withstand or to stand against. When you're withstanding the devil, when you're opposing the devil, when you're resisting the devil, you do it from the basis of who you are in Jesus Christ. And who are you? No longer a stranger, no longer a foreigner, no longer a pilgrim, but rather you have become sons and daughters of the Most High God. So when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of God will raise up a standard against him, and I will be more than a conqueror. Through him that loves me. That's why I can say to you this morning, every time you submit your life to God, every time you bow your knee in humility, every time you offer your praise to the Most High, you are submitting to God. And when the devil comes in, you're not standing by yourself, but you got 450-pound Jesus right behind you. He's saying, I got your back. I'm fighting for you. I'm on your side. I'm pushing back the darkness. I'm bringing victory when you choose to resist the devil. So the first thing the scripture tells us in overcoming the enemy, submit to God, resist the devil. But you can't just resist the devil. If you try that in and of yourself, you're going to fail every time. You're going to come up short because... You can only do 100 pounds, and he can do 275. You're no match. 
But when you understand who I am in Christ, when you understand my identity, when you understand I am blood-bought, I am spirit-filled, I am a child of the Most High God, when you understand Jesus is with me, He's already fought this battle and won. So when the devil comes in, all I have to do is say, Hey, you remember what he did? You remember what my brother did? He already defeated you, and the power of God begins to work in your life. Amen. Second thing the Scripture tells us is to rebuke him. But we read from Jude chapter 1, I believe it's verse 9, where even the angel of Michael did not rebuke Satan, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. Now I'm going down this path because I really want you to understand, it's not your power that resists the enemy. It's not your power that rebukes the enemy. It's not your words that set him to flight. But rather, it's the power of God at work in you through the presence of the Holy Spirit moving in your life. Oh, folks, we got to get this. We can say everything we want to say, but absence of the presence and the power of God, it's just words. It don't matter. It has no effect. But if you will come to the place in your life where you are submitted to God, where you understand the dominion, the authority of Adonai, then you can walk in victory. You can walk in praise. You can give glory to God. And you can say, Satan, the blood of Jesus, it's against you. It's against you because of who I am and because of who I serve. Please come back, worship team. Because of who I am and who I serve. And then the third thing we can do from Scripture, let me back up just a minute and talk about rebuking just a little more. To rebuke actually means to forbid. To forbid. I forbid Satan through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ from destroying my life. Because that's his plan, to steal, kill, and destroy. But I can stand in the authority of Adonai, the dominion of Adonai, and forbid him. See, where do you get that in Scripture? We'll go back to Exodus chapter 12. The last plague that God delivered upon Egypt prior to bringing the Israelites out of slavery was for the death angel to visit every household and take the firstborn. But he said to the Israelites, you slay that perfect lamb, and you take the blood of the lamb, and you put it over the doorpost of your home. And when the death angel passes by, when he sees the blood, he goes right on by. Oh, come on, church. you got to get this this morning. When you put the blood of the Lamb over your life, you are forbidding Satan from coming and taking what God has given to you. Someone get it in your spirit. It's time to be covered in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, God, one more time, wash us and cleanse us and cover us in the blood of Jesus Christ. The third thing that it says to us, from scriptures that we have every right to remind Satan. We resist him. We rebuke him. And then number three, we remind him. We remind him of his position. And we remind him of our king. We remind him he's a defeated foe. And we remind him we're a part of the winning side. We remind him that he did his best work when he nailed Jesus Christ to a cross. That was his finest hour, his greatest day. He took the Son of God and nailed him to the cross. But we remind him, in your finest hour, 
you still came up short. Because three days later, he came out of that grave and he is no longer dead. He is living. He said, behold, I am alive forevermore. Oh, remind him of what Jesus has already done. Stop feeling sorry for ourselves. Stop throwing pity parties. Stop worrying and remind him of what Jesus has done. Jesus provided victory at Calvary. And remind him of his position. Because Paul writes to the Romans in Romans 16 verse 20. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Paul writes to the Romans in Romans 16 verse 20. We need to remind him of his position. The position of the enemy is not in my face. But Romans 16, 20 says, the position of the enemy is under my feet. That's where he belongs. Well, come on, remind him. If you're facing a battle today, remind him. You're under my feet. Jesus already did it. You're under my feet. You are not victorious. You're under my feet. You're not going to win. You're under my feet. You're a liar and a deceiver. Oh, come on, somebody. Put him under your feet. Remind him of his position. He is not authoritative. He does not know everything that you know. He doesn't have the ability to be every place at one time. It's time to remind him. I serve the God of the universe. And the God of the universe already declared, You are under my feet. Sickness, you're under my feet. Disappointments, you're under my feet. Death, you're under my feet. Oh, come on, somebody. Get it in your spirit. Victory is ours. Do we have an enemy? Oh yeah, we do. But the good news is, I know whose I am. I know who I belong to. He's written his name on my heart. He has branded me through the blood of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what the devil tries to do. I'm still more than a conqueror. Come on, sing it out. Give God the glory. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.